welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast, the bucket emptying episodes. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Han, psychologist and parenting expert. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. I want to start by thanking all of you who email in with your questions. They really mean a huge amount to me and particularly this question because I think there's a real element of vulnerability and I feel very honoured that you're able to ask these questions of me specifically. So the question that I'm answering is looking specifically at a parent whose husband is an alcoholic and they're struggling managing their own emotions around that particular situation as well as being there and supporting their three children and really want some advice about how to best approach that. And so I, let me just, I'm going to talk around it in a, in a number of different ways. I think the first thing that I want to kind of ask is around what support your husband is. And this, this is relevant for any of you where you have a partner who is overwhelmed with life and using some maladaptive, in other words, a mechanism that is not helpful to them in terms of being able to live life in that kind of full fullest of it of itself. Um, so this is the same. It's actually the first bit is really looking at what that individual is doing in terms of seeking out support to help them on their specific journey. And it's really crucial that we remember it's about them seeking out support for themselves rather than doing it for the sake of their children. I know that we can quite often get caught in, caught up in this and, and people will sort of say, well, why are you doing that? And why won't you do that for the sake of your children? But fundamentally, we talk about so much to do with confidence and that inner belief. It has to start from the inside and it has to be about doing what is right for you. So I think that would be my first thing is what are the conversations that you're having? And if you're not having those conversations is to start having conversations around what do you need in order for you to be able to work through the particular challenge that you're working through? What support needs to be put in place? And how are you going to actively seek that out? So that's the first bit is really regarding the individual seeking help and support for that. I think if you're in a scenario where you are co-parenting under the same roof with a partner who is not either in denial or who is not prepared to actively seek out the support, then you have to have some difficult conversations. You have to have some difficult conversations about how that presents a challenge within the environment that you're living in, how it impacts you, they're not seeking help and support, and how that ripples in terms of then impacting your children. So A, it's all got to be around the conversation that you're having with your partner who's experiencing a difficult situation. That goes without saying, it starts there. The next bit, before we're even getting to the children, is what support are you putting in place to take care of you? Because what usually happens in those situations is that there will be, it's not necessarily even about necessarily the the day-to-day burden, but there is an emotional strain that that places on the other partner in terms of really examining how that's impacting them, not just in terms of the practicalities, but how's that, how is that impacting you in terms of the relationship? So that can sometimes create a certain element of grief, grieving the relationship that you thought you had and noticing that it's not there. Maybe grieving the individual that you were having that relationship with. Maybe their particular, you know, their mechanism for coping has fundamentally changed the character of who they are. So it's really being able to examine how is this situation affecting you directly that is separate to the children. We will talk about the children, but we have to start with the individuals that we are first 
our partner who's experiencing the overwhelm and using mechanisms that are not helpful for them. It's then examining how that is impacting us as an individual, how we feel about ourselves, how the home environment is, how that affects the dynamic in terms of the relationship that we have with that partner. And then what do we need to put in place in order to support ourselves as we transition through that? You may have a partner in this particular case who's who's an alcoholic who recognises they're an alcoholic and is actively seeking out support, is actively engaging in that support But that doesn't detract from the support that you need to have in place to help you as you navigate the dynamics of that relationship and the shift and the change in that relationship. So you have to look at it from the perspective of both of you in terms of individuals. The next thing is then we can then begin to move on to the children. But you have to put those things in place. What tends to happen whenever any big thing happens, whether we're made redundant from our jobs, whether we take on a new promotion that requires lots of extra work, whether we've got a parent who's ill, whatever it is, is that quite often we launch into what support do I need to put in for my child? And what we fail to do is start with the two, the adults involved who need to be on solid foundations and getting the right support in the first place, because then they, you know, so to enable them to then support the children. So we've got, we're having those things in place, then we can start looking at what needs to be in place with the children. And my approach is always about honesty, but honesty using appropriate developmental you know, appropriate language. So I'm not going to say to you, an 11 year old, you need to speak to them like this or an 18 year old, because fundamentally it's about what, where, where are they at in terms of understanding their emotions and what's happening around them and use the appropriate language. You can have an 11 year old that you can speak to in the same way as you might perceive that you would speak to a 16 year old, but equally you can have a 16 year old that cannot take on that level of information that you need to speak to in terms of an 11 year old. But fundamentally, it's about having an honest conversation that their father or their mother, depending on if you're listening to this and it resonates specifically with you, is finding things difficult at the moment. And they are using whatever it is to help them cope. They're feeling overwhelmed with life. Whatever it might be, it's really explaining to them that the issue and the challenge relates specifically to that parent that individual and how they process and manage life situations and is completely unrelated to the children. What tends to happen is if we ignore these situations because we don't know how to have that difficult conversation with our children, they create their own narrative. And part of that narrative is that they will take responsibility for why their parent is not engaging with them in the same way as struggling as feeling overwhelmed maybe you'll have a people pleaser who will be trying even more desperately than normal to people please because they feel that in some way their behavior is what's causing all of the issue so it's really important that we have those honest conversations on the basis of really reassuring our children that it is not about them it is not something that they have done but very specific to what is happening to that parent and don't be afraid to talk about it to use language of feeling overwhelmed that have got really stressed or if you know that there's a specific cause or a general trend you know maybe they're really anxious and that they're overwhelmed in that respect maybe there's things going on at work whatever it might be try and arm them with as much information but be honest that about how 
they're currently using whatever it is as a coping mechanism and we know that that's not necessarily a, co- a great coping mechanism and we know that when they when they use that mechanism we don't see that parent in the way that we might typically see it they don't behave in the way that we they typically they don't show up in the same way they might not always be emotionally available or attentionally available but it's really helping them understand what is happening and then what what is currently happening in terms of actually actively seeking support and what might happen there what I would say is if you are in a scenario where you are co-parenting and you're both living under the same roof and that partner has some erratic behavior then it's important that the children understand that that erratic behavior is not related to them but also understand what is the best thing to do for themselves and if they're emotion if they're feeling emotionally overwhelmed how they can then communicate and that isn't the, the their them being able to communicate with us about how they're feeling emotionally in those situations doesn't necessarily have to just be if there's a if there's an erratic behavior what we want to do is we want to tell our children what's going on so they can understand but also provide them with opportunities and a safety net to be able to communicate and what you might find is really important because it takes a village to raise a child is you may then be looking at communicating some of this information to school sometimes we can often feel ashamed or embarrassed about these situations happening at home but What will otherwise be happening is that our children will either be blocking things out and not communicating at school or they'll be saying a completely different narrative that might not be helpful. School may be seeing certain, well, they met certain behaviours may get picked up at school, which can then be connected to what's happening at home, that if school really know what's going on, that they're much more sort of tuned into that. And then you can kind of work collectively together. So those are kind of the broad things. What I would say is where you've got more than one child, and in this listener's question, we're talking about three children, is remember the dynamics within a family. So you've got three children, you have sibling dynamics. And so the likelihood is that the way this alcoholism will interact and play out with these three children will be different. So they will respond in very different ways. They will take on different things. The eldest, for example, is likely to have experienced more of their father pre-alcoholism than the youngest, for example. So their context, their view of that particular parent, that's a a smaller proportion of the time that they've known their parent relative to the younger child who is then going to have that. There there will also be dynamics in terms of responsibility. So you may find that the eldest then feels a certain element of responsibility. Being the eldest, they may not. It's really being aware and taking that time to reflect on the the three children or two children, one child, whatever it is that that you're dealing with if you're sort of listening to this and it's really resonating with you, is how are the interactions happening within the children And also the needs of each child are going to be different. What you want to make sure that is really clear is that you are the parents. You are not asking the children to step in and then parent each other. So the eldest doesn't have to suddenly step up and fill fill some void, particularly if the gender of the eldest is similar to is the same as the gender of the parent that's struggling so it's 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 having those open and honest conversations you know it's really important that we don't feel that this is a big conversation that we have in one go 
you might find that one child needs to hear it in one chunk, another child needs it drip fed, and then you check in. You know, I'm a real advocate for constant touch bases, just checking in, giving them as much information as they can digest in that time, allowing them time to think it through, then come back to it and ask questions and really just engaging in that dialogue so that they then feel that that support structure is in place. So let's just recap because there's a lot of information in this particular episode around this. So it's first of all, we need to start with the individual that is having the challenges. What support is being put in place? What are they actively doing to seek out external support in terms of resolving the way that they're managing things then it's about you making sure that you've got what you need in place so you can show up in the best version of yourself before you then start with the children with the children it's all about having an honest conversation using developmentally appropriate language ensuring that the children understand that this change is not down to them they're not to blame they're not at fault and that they don't take that responsibility on themselves recognizing that with different children we're going to need to approach it in different ways we don't want to go down the big conversation route we want to have constant small drip feeding conversations and then look at the dynamics around the sibling relationships and the individual differences of each child to fine tune and tailor what we might need to do with that. Creating that space for them to be able to talk to us and that decompression and sort of sharing that information within the wider community of of the people or the institutions that are involved in your child's life because then you can all work together. I hope that's helpful. It was a really quite a you know a big topic and a sensitive topic at that if you've got questions specifically related to this or another question that you'd like me to answer then by all means write in it's contact at drmaryhan.com as ever if you have enjoyed this episode i would be so grateful so so grateful if you could follow rate and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love so until next time 